Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> So, I mean, junior hockey, it's fun. If you have a junior hockey team near you, uh, whether it be Tier 3, um, Tier 2, even USHL, whoever it may be, go out and watch those games. They're, they're tons of fun. They're affordable family entertainment. Um, and it's something to do in the winter, especially in those in the smaller towns, the cold stuff that you may not be able to do. So, I mean... What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys the Director of Operations and Media Relations, Jared Becker of the Austin Bruins. It is a National Junior Hockey League team in Austin, Minnesota. We talked about how a kid from L.A. grew up loving hockey and baseball. He started in baseball as well, guys. Always got to bring it to baseball. Anyways, we talked about his upbringing, um, how uh, he is uh, now uh, running that that side of the business of hockey, and you know what some of the things that are going on within uh, within the hockey team. You know, some cool jerseys coming. All right, guys. So without further ado, I give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Data Chronicles. My name is Ed, and with me today, guys, I have Jared Becker, who are you are, my friend, Director of Operations and Media Relations for Austin Bruins, play-by-play, also, right? Yep. Uh, and as well as another team, correct? Yes, uh, our affiliate program, the Rochester Grizzlies of the North American Three Hockey League. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, the Austin Bruins are part of the North American Hockey League, correct? That is correct, and that's a Tier 2 junior program sanctioned by USA Hockey. Gotcha. So uh, we were talking offline, and uh, I wanted to make sure that I was correct in this, in part, right, because you, uh, you're you going to explain it to me, but this is more of a, uh, when I compare it to baseball, this is more the uh, along the lines of a collegiate woodbat uh, league. More or less, yes. That's kind of the best way to explain it for those who aren't familiar with what junior hockey is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so junior hockey, to be... Um, example for you for what it is these are all kids who are coming out of high school or even those kids who are finishing up their senior year of high school uh, because we do have some kids who go and do online school for their final year uh, who are vying for an NCAA uh, scholarship so Mm -hmm. it's average age of these kids are 17 to 20 so it's those kids who are out of high school but right before college looking for a uh, a NCAA division one scholarship gotcha that's pretty cool that um they're 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 you know, junior hockey leagues exist for, you know, kids like this that are able to, you know, put the skills out there. So that way, you know, they'll be noticed by other colleges. So that's, that's pretty awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, you get talent from everywhere. I mean, we get kids from, uh, from Canada. Uh, we have a handful of kids from Canada this year. We had a kid from Slovakia before, uh, we've had a kid, uh, from overseas, Sweden, Finland. Um, so I mean, this league, you see a lot of kids who are for come from overseas, um, to, fight for an NCAA scholarship. That's that's legit, dude. That's pretty cool. Like, I mean, the fact that, like I said, like, you know, you guys are able to uh, uh, provide a a product for a lot of Division One colleges, and there's a lot of those, right? So, you know, the fact that there is that there, it's pretty cool. And then, you know, I'll be honest, you know, someone who's uh, – I'm very well aware of what's going on in baseball, hockey. I was not really, you know, aware of, like, you know, the, the, the how many tiers of minor league and junior hockey there is. And it's just like the more you keep digging, the more teams you find, the more leagues you find, which is, in my opinion, pretty awesome, pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, the North American Hockey League is the only Tier 2 sanctioned uh, junior program in uh, USA Hockey. And, of course, the next one up is Tier 1, which would be the USHL or the United States Hockey League, which is the 
equivalent to the Canadian Hockey League. So uh, major juniors is the best way to explain it. Um, biggest difference between the on uh, the Canadian Hockey League and USHL is the Canadian Hockey League. Those players are your high-end um, NHL prospects. Um, and those kids also get a stipend, so they're technically paid. Mm. So it vacates their NCAA eligibility. Whereas you, uh, SHL, those kids are the ones who are trying to play for an NCAA Division One scholarship. Those kids themselves, there are a handful, if not almost as many, um, NHL prospects in that pool as well. But that's the major difference between the CHL and the USHL. Pretty legit. I like it. I like it. Before we continue on with hockey, though, uh, you know, and the league and the team and, you know, get to know more about that. I want to talk about you because, you know, I uh, I'm reading your little bio here on the on on the uh, team website. And uh, of course, you know, as I do this all the time, come to find out that you also did some play by play in the Northwoods League, the Honkers. Yeah, so I was actually uh, their public address announcer for the last three seasons. I filled in there. Um, also, occasionally filled in as a backup play-by-play. Or <laughs> they called it. I was a the pitch hitter every now and then when something would come up. So I helped out a lot there. So I mean, it's it's nice. Uh, one of our former broadcasters here for the uh, for the Bruins actually was the play-by-play uh, for the Hawkers at one point before he moved on. He's now with the uh, the Maine Mariners of the East Coast Hockey League or the ECHL is yep. what they call it now. So he's up there. So. We all of us who work in sports broadcasting, public address, whatever it is, we all kind of just we venture out, we finger and work our way into multiple sports. Yep. Um. So tell me about that. Like you know, your your upbringing as you know someone doing this as a play by play public announcer and all that. Obviously, you know, you go in between baseball, hockey, and all that. But how how did you get started with this, man? So for me, um, I I grew up around sports all my life. Uh, originally from. Uh, suburbs of Los Angeles, grew up there going to sports. Uh, I was an Angels fan and a Ducks fan growing up. Uh, had season tickets to the Angels as a kid, so I would go to Angels games every single summer, every single game we were there. Um, so I got to know a lot of the the, the media people, the broadcasters, mm-hmm. uh, the players I got to know very well just from being around them uh, so much at a young age. And it kind of just grew on to me as – Sports is something I always wanted to do, but I also had a very close connection with uh, the former uh, radio broadcaster, Rory Marcus, um, before he passed away uh, a few years back with the Angels. So him and I were very close, and that's kind of what got me into going down this career path and knowing that I wanted to do uh, sports management and broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So you go all the way from Los Angeles, California. You're going up to one of the coldest, you know, states in the U.S., Minnesota. I'm sure that was a um, an experience all on its own. But how did you go from there to being, you know, in Minnesota? So middle ground, I actually moved to Iowa with uh, with the school down <laughs> in Iowa. So I went from California, Iowa, then just up one state to Minnesota. So that's kind of how I ended up in the Midwest and I kind of just settled out down here. Uh, met my wife and we have a little daughter. Uh, so kind of we're content where we're at now um, for the time, of course, mm-hmm. always, uh, always moving around when it comes to sports. And that's kind of how it is with most careers. Everyone's going to see where they can to expand and broaden the horizons. But that's kind of how I found my way here to the the state of Minnesota. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's, and, you know, when you work in this level of, you know, sports, right, because you, you cannot just say just one sport because it's pretty much every single one. You, you know, you have a title, but that title does not include the subtitles that you have underneath that. Right. So you can be, you know, the play by play, but you're also doing, you know, cleaning duties. You're also doing. Yeah. Uh, so in junior hockey, there's not one job. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's times where I've had to fill in as a assistant, assistant to an assistant equipment manager. I've had to help out with uh, with sharpening skates, getting stuff situated, gear. So, I mean, in junior hockey, there's you wear many hats. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, my official position is the director of operations. So, I see the day-to-day operations of both organizations. So, I make sure uh, sponsors are set up, dates or things to take care of when it comes to any sponsored events we have going on, group outings that we have, uh, birthday parties that may or may not be going on for a week uh, for the games that we have coming on. Um, helping and plan community relations events. So, I mean, there's, it's a full-time job within a full-time job. <laughs> and uh, just very little hours, right? Like, I mean, you're not going to be going home like super late at night or anything like that. I mean, you're always home on time, right? 
Oh yeah. My wife would love that if I was home on time. <laughs> now there's, there's some nights um, on game nights, of course, uh, I don't get home until probably midnight, one o'clock after getting everything all situated, finishing mm-hmm. up my media notes uh, for the next day, um, writing out my press releases and recaps, getting those mailed out. And of course, when we travel, um, there's nights where I don't get home until Sunday morning at 11 a uh, 11 a.m. or noon, depending on where we're at. So, I mean, our farthest travel is Minot, which is a 10 hour bus ride. We stop for food every day um, on the way up. So it's a total of 12 hours. So normally I'm not home until 11 or 11, 1130 on those uh, those Sunday mornings. So Sundays is my phone's off away from everyone. I'm sleeping all day. <laughs> Do not talk to me. I need yeah, some exactly. time by myself. <laughs> my daughter, on the other hand, wants all the attention she can get. So I'm like, that's fine. She can come lay in bed with me. But everyone else, just leave me alone. Exactly. I, listen, I have a four-year-old. I understand this, my friend. I know how this goes. It's, you know, there's no there's no privacy when it comes to having a kid that young. It's just that's not how that goes anymore. <laughs> no, they're like, hi, I'm, I'm here. Pay attention to me now. Exactly. Like, why aren't you paying attention to me, daddy? So you guys are all doing, let's talk about now about uh, your team, right? You said they're, they're, they're high school students, uh, you know, going into this year, they want to, are able to, or at least want to get a scholarship at a division one school. Talk to me about that process of choosing the teams. How, you know, do you guys do scouting? Do they, they come to you? How does that happen? So we have a, uh, our coaching staff actually takes care of all the, all the scouting stuff. We have scouts throughout the, throughout the nation. We have West coast, central, uh, south. And then of course, in the West coast, we have scouts who, uh, consistently go into the high school games or, triple uh, a hockey games in this case, which is kind of that equivalent or prep hockey. Um, and kind of just saying, Hey, I think this kid will be a good fit for your, for your system. Um, what he, what you do, um, there. And sometimes we even get visiting t- uh, or opposing coaches or staff call say, Hey, I think this kid will be, a, we're watching this kid, but I think he might be a better fit for, for your guys' system. What do you think? Here's his stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He might be someone that is a good piece for your, your puzzles. So, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, professional hockey, uh, professionals, baseball and hockey, those scouts who are watching you all times. So, I mean, we see NHL scouts coming in here to, to watch some potential kids who might be on the, the watch list down the line. And we see NCAA division one coaches and division three coaches, who come in and, and ask us about this uh, a player like, hey, how is he um, not just on the ice, but how is he off the ice in the community with the fans, with staff, um, with the rink staff, with uh, with his teammates? Because that uh, is also taken into effect, and a lot of people don't realize how much that actually plays a factor in if if or uh, not a player gets offered a scholarship. If he's a great player, by all means, yes. But if he's not all the way there in two of the three categories, he may not be a good fit. And that's very interesting because I I have had conversations with other people, but like I think you're the first one that to say, yes, they look at what the product on the ice, which is important because obviously you want to win, but at the same time, as paralleled, you want to look at you know how he is off the ice, which is in my opinion super important, right? How do you how do you react? How do you act around the community and things like that? And I I have not heard anyone you know talk about that part of the uh, of the recruiting process. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing uh, with the hockey community as a, as a whole. I mean, hockey is a very close knit community mm-hmm. when it comes to things. I mean, we've had coaches um, who've asked me like, "Hey, how is this kid with you?" Is I know you talk to him all the time. You do interviews with him. Is he respectful to you? How is he with his billet families? How is he with uh, the community, the other staff members that are there uh, besides the coaching staff, so like our front office staff? And I'll tell him, I'm like, I'll be honest with him, say, "Hey, he's a great kid. He's." very respectful he is um he always does what he needs to uh, he needs to do and i think he's going to be a, a great fit for you mm-hmm. i like it i like it and, and that's weird weird to to hear as a fan because you don't right we don't get to see the behind the scenes of what's going on or the conversations and something that you also said was a opposing coaches coming to you hey hey uh, you know may, you might want to take a look at this kid you know, he's not a good fit for us right now, but maybe a good fit for you. And I don't see that happening in other sports. Like you said, it's like, you know, you guys are very close in community. And I, I don't think I've ever heard that either. Like, you know, say, hey, you know, take a look at this uh, player for you. Yeah. And, and that happens more times than not here. Um, we've had a couple of kids who joined the last few years who were being looked at by other teams in the in the league or even division rivals. So like, hey, 
we think he might actually be a better fit for your guys's program with everything you do to help develop. So kind of how it works out where we see kids from our opponents who they find their way over to us. That's cool. And uh, something that you also said is the host families, you kind of call them a billet families. That is correct. It's a billet family. Okay. So pretty much the same thing. They're, they're, they're hosting your kid for the duration of the season. Yep. Um, so for the North American hockey league season, if the team goes all the way to playoffs, all the way through, it's one of the longest sports seasons in general. It's nine months. So we start oh. in August for preseason. Regular season ends in April. Postseason ends the second or the last week of May. So it is a very long nine month season if they go all the way. Yowza. So the kids who, uh, the Billet families who open up their homes for these players, a lot of them are first time players away from home. They're 17, 18 years old. But they treat them just like their their family members, like they're they're their own flesh and blood, their own kid. Uh, they have family uh, family meals together. They spend time together. Uh, Days they have off, or if there's anything planned, or we don't have anything planned uh, as a team, they go and spend time with their billet families or the teammates, and they go out and, and do stuff together. Interesting. That's I've I've never really thought about the season being that long uh, for for a kid that young and to be away from home for that for that amount of period of time. Yeah. So, I mean, normally for a season, you get two weeks off, depending on how it goes. I mean, you get a full week at Christmas. So the players go home um, then they report back the day after Christmas. uh, So the 26th normally. So, I mean, it's a quick turnaround for them. I mean, last week we had a an off week. Uh, the October 7th and 8th. So a couple of players went back home for that week and spent some time for the weekend. Um, and now it's, of course, they're back here. So, I mean, it's it's a long uh, time away from from your family and friends, but you make the most of it here with uh, the Billet family and your teammates and then, of course, the, the community. That's that's cool. So let, let's talk a little bit about this, the 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 league overall also. Um, obviously, there's a, the, there's a large number of teams there. Um, and what is the average size of the for for one of the hockey teams? Like, you know, how many players do you guys usually carry throughout the season? So when it comes to roster free, so that is normally in February, you have to have your roster down to 25. OK, you can only have 23 players or 21 players on the bench during a game. So you have your your normal players, then your goalies. Um, but when it comes to roster freeze and your X amount of players you're allowed to have, you have a hard hit come February where you have to have this many players for the year. Mm-hmm. And then that's your players for the rest of the year. You can't make trades. You can't add, you can't drop, but there are exceptions with affiliate players. Um, those are players who have X amount of games. They're allowed to play without it affecting their junior, uh, their high school or junior eligibility. Okay. So that's so where the-, the affiliate teams come in hand, uh, come into play. Like um, our tier three team, which is the Rochester Grizzlies. So they they in that case, if someone is getting very close to meaning those hours, then someone from your affiliate team will will backfill that that spot. Yep. So if we have a player who gets hurt or whatever it may be, that's where an affiliate player can help fill in and uh, come in f- and play for a couple of games or whatever it may be. Or come the end of the season, um, playoff spots are clinched or whatever it may be. The end of the season's coming to a close we'll see a lot more affiliate players coming in and getting some playing time to get experience for the North American hockey league and kind of get a look ahead to the following year for um, the NHL drafts. So they may or may not stay with our team or they may get drafted to another North American hockey league team. So it's, it's kind of just an experience for them to get ready for the next level. And you definitely want to make sure that you're, you're putting your best foot out there when during that time period, when you're up there, you got to play. Cause if not, I mean, you're back down to tier three and, you know, I keep going. Yep. And that's the thing. A lot of these kids that we see uh, are former former tier three players that come up. Uh, I mean, the North American Hockey League and the North American Three Hockey League um, work hand in hand and kind of getting that affiliation to to move people up to the next level. I mean, it's, they market it as the ladder of development for mm-hmm. the league. It's You see those guys moving from tier three um, up to NCAA up to the next level to play D1 hockey and then from D1 hockey to professionals, not just for, for players, but for staff alike too. So, I mean, we see coaches who move up to NCAA levels. Uh, we have, there's been broadcasters who've moved up to the college level or even the professional level 
Um, I mean, we've had a couple here for the Bruins who've moved on. Uh, TJ Shalott, who's a good friend of mine, is now with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL. Yep. Uh, Mike Keeley is with the Maine Mariners of the ECHL, which is the uh, ECHL affiliate to the Boston Bruins. Um, and then, of course, a couple of other guys uh, are up in the professional ranks as well. So, I mean, you see a lot of uh, movement, not just for players, but for staff and uh, coaching staff. Which is how it goes, right? Like, I mean, you're developing in in, in that uh, arena. Um, same thing goes for referees as well, right? So, like, I mean, you're exactly you are, yeah. you're developing here. They have a league just recently added a a referee program to help them develop and move up to the next level. So, I mean, a lot of these players, a lot of the refs, um, just like uh, minor league baseball umpires, they yep. start uh, high A spring ball. Uh, Dominican Summer League, uh, Arizona Fall League, whatever it may be, and work the way up to the major leagues. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, even the collegiate woodbat mm-hmm. umpire, same thing. It's just they're working your way. You gotta, it's, you gotta keep working on your craft, right? Like, I mean, that's just how that goes. Like, I mean, the more practice you get, the better you get. The more opportunities you get for be, to be seen and to be noticed by other leagues and other teams and things like that. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. Um, so you said the, the, the league nine months, if you make it to the playoffs and all that, um, so once let's say the, the, the league, the, the season, regular season ends, does the playoff team gets expanded or retracted? And when it comes to the amount of players that you get, or it's just, that's, you know, you're able to add a couple extras for playoffs. You're able to add up a little bit more to your playoff roster uh, when it comes to that. Just like um, baseball, yep. you're able to add to your, your playoff roster. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. That's pretty cool. Um, Austin, that's pretty high up there. Bruins, l- tell me about a little bit about, you know, the, the team as a whole, you know, Kated, you know, what, you know, what do you guys stand for and things like that? Because, I, you know, to me, like I, you know, like I said, I, I'm not really well aware of, you know, junior hockey and, I like the fact that you you know that, that I look at it as small town areas like baseball like you have a lot of you know small teams same thing with hockey I'm sure mm-hmm. the connection with community and team is is super important as well. Yeah, so I mean one of the biggest things in Austin um is actually what we're known for. We have a Fortune 500 company here. We have Hormel. Yeah. So Hormel is um the the big staple here to the city of Austin, the employee uh Millions, thousands, uh, hundreds of people here. Um, of course, it's marketed as Spamtown USA. It's <laughs> on the it's on the sign as you come into Austin. Uh, we have the Spam Museum here in town. And of course, Spam, the one and only Spam is produced and made here in the city of Austin. So, I mean, uh, not often you have a, a Fortune 500 company in a town of 25,000 uh, 25, people. So, I mean, it's a small town, but, I mean, there's a, a big... Uh, big business here that helps support it. I mean, and they are a proud supporter and a proud sponsor of us. Um, and they help um, support this program and they have for the last 13 years, this team has been around. That's first of all, I'm a fan of spam. I, you know, I'm, I am not ashamed to say it. A lot of people think is, you know, whatever, but I am a huge fan of spam. And I love the fact that, you know, there's one of those uh, teams out there. Now, let me ask you this. Can you guys do one of those nights where you guys are known as the Austin Spams? Because that'll be awesome. So that actually there is a uh, conversation that we've made a joke about with like the City Connect jerseys that baseball's doing and yeah. football's doing. Uh, one of our rivals, the Minot Minotauros, um, they market themselves uh, as it's the magic city up in Minot. Because, of course, um, up in Minot, the oil field boomed. Uh, the reason why it's called the Magic City is because overnight that town literally just exploded just, and became yeah. a town. So they uh, market themselves as the Magic City. They had special Magic City jerseys they had made. We were kind of joking about doing a special um, city jersey for spam. Don't know if it'll ever happen, but it would be cool to see if that were to happen. But uh, we do actually have a special warm up jersey that we wear all of our home games um, that Formel uh, sponsors every year. So. Uh, years past when uh, Hormel owned Muscle Milk, we had Muscle Milk warm-up jerseys, uh, Natural Choice, which was one of their things that they marketed a few years back. Uh, we had those. Um, and then this year and last year, uh, Hormel Black Label Bacon is the the marketing push that they're doing. So we have Hormel Black Label Bacon jerseys that we wear during warm-ups, both home <laughs> and away. That's amazing. I love that. It, I would that, actually, I could actually grab one. There actually, there's one on the rack behind me. I can show you here in a second. Yes, uh, yes. And show you what it looks like. It's actually, it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool jersey. Let me grab it for you. Oh my god. 
That thing so, is yeah, amazing. Ormel Black Label. So it's sponsored. And then, of course, Bruins in the back. One doesn't have a number, but it has the has the name on the back. So, I mean, you, you get some cool stuff when it comes to comes to that. I mean, they're, Ormel's a, a great sponsor of ours, and uh, they take care of the, the, the team. And, of course, they take care of the city. I see. This is why I love. Obviously, as you can see behind me, you know, I got many, many, many heads. Right, like and that minor league baseball, minor league sports overall, basketball, hockey, uh, even football. Right, like yep. they they find ways to one merchandise and you know bring it out to their fans because obviously that's how they make a lot of money. That's how they pay for you. They pay for a player for everything, not players. Like obviously they can't get paid, but that's amazing. Yes, I mean, it's something that Hormel's been doing for years. I mean, every two years, uh, we re-change things up with the warm-up jerseys. So next year, the Black Label jerseys will be will be gone. We'll have a new one next year. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we'll have uh, Planters jerseys next year with Mr. Peanut on it. Because, of course, Hormel recently um, acquired uh, yep. Planters. So we may or may not have Planters jerseys next year. I mean, we see the Peanut Mobile around town all the time now. So it could be a thing in the future. That's I like that. I like that a lot. I like that, that, you know, that you have the connection with Hormel with, you know, like just other, other towns have connections with, uh, you know, whoever, right. It doesn't really matter who it doesn't need to be Hormel. Right. But anybody to one, promote the team, promote their brand. And, and I, listen, it, it minor league baseball has been doing it for thousands of years. I'd say yep. major league baseball is doing it. NFL is doing it. NHL is doing it. Right. So, merchandising and then you know sponsorships on jerseys it's happening i mean it's inevitable that's just how it goes i mean that's how you make money yeah and the thing that's nice is they support us very well i mean like i said in a town of twenty five thousand people not a lot to do it's not a big town i mean we're an hour and a half away from uh minneapolis so of course if you want to go do something fun go see a uh minnesota wild game yep you got to go up there so i mean it and cost wise it 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 hurts the wallet it breaks the bank so, I mean, for us, the other thing that we try to do is we're, we market ourselves as affordable family funds. So, I mean, a family of four can come yep. out uh, for $40 and enjoy a game. So, you got average ticket is $10 per person to yep. a game. See, that? See that's I, the, I love that, right? You're right. NHL, it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, basic, an average ticket for an NHL game, $65 per person. And you're pricing yourself out. Like, I mean, I love, you know, hockey. I'm in North Carolina, so you have, you know, the the hurricanes here. And yep. but it is just even as a family of three, that's a lot of money because not just tickets, you got parking, you got uh food, uh, food. or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I mean if, if you wanted to buy merchandise, that's ridiculously expensive as well. Yeah. So for fifty dollars, a family of four can come out and get four tickets and then go to the concession and get a couple of hot dogs and, have, and enjoy yeah. the game. Yep, exactly. Um, what about um, merchandising for you guys? Like, do you guys sell any of your merchandise online? Um, so we actually have a, a local um, brick and mortar retailer who who does our apparel and does our stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Games people play is their names. They're uh, they've been sponsoring us since the very beginning, so they've mm-hmm. been doing all the stuff. So, uh, like this hat itself, it's yep. a hat that the they sell uh, for fans. They have jackets, and of course, then they uh, we get our team gear. We get it in from from the league so bauer does all uh, all of our yeah. uh, team apparel and then we send it over to games people play and does the embroidery for us so i mean they have team apparel we don't have any online store at the moment they're working on it um but if anyone ever wanted to reach out and buy austin bruins gears just games people play in austin um and by all means they'd be happy to to mail stuff out to you they got stuff on shared on their social media pages on facebook and instagram all the time showing the the new merchandise i was just gonna say because i'm i need to add one of your you know dad hats to my wall up here because obviously that's also how you guys you know sell your merchandise as well so that's why that's pretty cool that you have a connection with a local again another local uh business to provide for you guys is all your all your gear and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they take care of us that way and they also sell uh their ticket retail for us. So they sell tickets at the at their store too and uh, we have online ticket sales as well. So I mean we have four local re- uh, businesses that sell our tickets for us. Uh V, which is the local grocery store, yep. uh Jim's Marketplace which is another local grocery store, um the local restaurant attached to the hotel that houses are visiting teams when they're in town and then of course games people play so we have four local retail stores for tickets 
and then of course online at our website so i mean we kind of expanded and have multiple things so if somebody wants to purchase tickets ahead of time online for a game in february they can't that's the thing that's nice love it love it and then also you guys stream all of your your games online as well correct that is correct so uh with the nahl uh we have an exclusive streaming contract with the with hockey tv so all of our games uh, both home and away are always on hockey tv so of course when we're on the road uh visiting our home fans so bruins fans or uh, players or families of players who are on the bruins can turn in and listen to the away audio uh, when we're home of course they tune into the home audio so you have that option of listening to both home and away if you like or if you're just an average hockey fan and want to watch games you can tune into either one of those and catch games i mean hockey tv it's, it's nice i mean you have so much going on with uh, hockey all the time and of course they recently partnered with flow hockey yeah so if you have a subscription to to hockey tv they're all access pass you are able to get all of the echl games and all of the ushl games included in your one-time subscription for a year that's pretty cool so i was just gonna thousands ask thousands of games you can watch i mean sheesh if you're a hockey hockey fanatic and you can't get enough Hockey TV is kind of your, your place to go. So, I mean, you get junior hockey uh, and then, of course, minor pro hockey and then tier one junior hockey as well. Oof, that's a lot of hockey games to watch. Yeah. Then, of course, I mean, it, it, there's so much going on. I mean, uh, with a flow hockey subscription, too, you even get a couple of uh, of college hockey teams because mm-hmm. some college hockey teams stream exclusively on flow hockey as well. So, I mean, you, you kind of get the whole kit and caboodle with with everything. I was just going to, that's what I was something that I was thinking about. Everybody, you know, every league and everything has their own streaming service now where um, if you want to, and and this is why I like that this, this model though, is because you have multiple leagues that you're able to watch for a one-time fee. It's not just, all right, MLB, I got to get this one. uh, The Northwoods league has recently did with ESPN plus. They used to just have the, the Northwoods league, which Two years ago, they made, or last year, or two years ago now, actually, they made it the, the free model where you could just watch it. You didn't have to pay for it anymore. Yep. And then ESPN got the rights to the Northwoods League. So now if you have an ESPN Plus subscription, you get Northwoods League baseball in the summer, which is nice because then you get to watch Collegiate Woodbat and you get to see some prospects who you may or may not have ever seen until they get drafted. Right. And it's like that. It's like, you know, with baseball and and hockey, it's like, you know, they get drafted and you may not see them for a couple of years in your pro team. So this is a great way to know up and coming players that, you know, they're going to be good that you're going to be able to see eventually in a couple of years down the road with a pro. So like with the USHL, those kids who were were drafted last season or two years ago who were Mm -hmm. uh, claimed by an NHL team but they're finishing up in junior hockey, going to go play one or two years of college hockey to develop themselves more, grow a little bit more in size or whatever it may be. And then next thing you know, two years or the following year, they might be on the NHL opening day roster. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I got one more question here about the team. Um, and, and are you guys affiliated with any pro team or anything like that? Is the league affiliated with with any pro team, or is that just you guys are just independent and you guys do your own thing no matter what? So we're independent. So okay. um, the North American Hockey League is sanctioned by USA Hockey, so we're yeah. under that USA Hockey umbrella. So us, right, right. Uh, the North American Three Hockey League, and of course, um, the USHL. So. The North American Hockey League is the only tier two USA hockey affiliated program. Yep. Um, of course, there are other other programs in junior hockey around that aren't affiliated with USA hockey. So but they're around as well. So like the US uh, USPHL, the USPHL Premier and so on and so forth. E, uh, the mm-hmm. East Coast, the Eastern Hockey League, the EHL. So, I mean, there's there's so many different options available. Same with Canada uh, up in Canada. There's tier two Canada leagues. So like the uh, the. Alberta Junior Hockey League, uh, yeah. British Columbia Hockey League. So, I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, you go on for days with naming the leagues, but uh, no affiliations with pro teams. But we do have connections, of course, sometimes with former coaches who are mm-hmm. uh, former pro players or have connections with uh, with other people. Their kids have may or may not have played here. Um, so, like for us last year, um, he's playing up at RPI now. But Sutter Mazzotti, his dad is Jason Mazzotti, the former uh, goaltender for for Hartford, and of course he's also the goalie coach for the uh, Carolina Hurricane. 
So we have a connection of that aspect. And every now and then, last year and a few years, though, he would come in and when he was in town to see his son, he would work with our goalies. That's cool. I like that. It gives, you know, giving back to to the league and things like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you see those connections all the time. And, of course, we we see NHL scouts coming in uh, fairly regularly. If there's a player that they're watching, um, they'll come in. I mean, at the end of the night when we, we go through our scout list, we see NHL scouts who come in. Uh, some we see fairly regular where they become uh, normal faces that we see all the time. And some of them are new faces. But we see people coming in all the time to watch college scouts or even, um, like I said, North uh, National Hockey League scouts who may have a kid on the radar that they want to they wanna watch. Cool. Love that. Love that. Uh, so tell me, uh, uh, give me a, a, a rundown and day in the life of uh, a director of operations and media relations. So a uh, little varies. So when we're home, I have a home game that week. So like this week we have a home game. We have, we have Friday, Saturday uh, against the Aberdeen wings. So like this morning um, I was out delivering tickets, dropping those off at our ticket retailers to get all set up for the weekend. Uh, finalizing with any with any birthday parties or group outings that we have. So this weekend, of course, we have a, a birthday party <laughs> and a group event on Friday night. Uh, we have a big youth hockey event going on on Saturday night. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot going on that I have. I have a checklist of things I do throughout the week. I got to get my, my media notes ready. I got to get the program ads ready because uh, those are digital, which is nice. So it's quick drag, drop, reset, good to go. Uh, get the scoreboard ready for the weekend, uh, get the rotator ready for the weekend. So I have a checklist of things I do throughout the week. So when it comes Friday, um, I don't have a lot to do except for make sure certain things are ready to go. Right. That's a lot of work, though, man. I mean, yeah, it's early in the it's morning. A long day. <laughs> but I'm sure like, you know, a lot of people that I spoken to is like you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't love, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. It's it's what I want to do. It's in the field where I went to uh, for my degree. So of course, graduated with a degree in communications. Uh, my emphasis in digital media. So broadcasting is kind of that emphasis. But then um, I'm using a lot more of my minor than I am of my actual degree most of the time, which uh, which is sports management. Of course, that's where the director of operations kind of steps in. So I'm using both degrees, but I'm using one a little bit more than the others at times because broadcasting, I'm only doing it for three hours a night mm-hmm. on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. And okay. the rest is like, you know, you're, you're, you're Sports running management an degree. I'm using nine to five Monday through Friday, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. Exactly. And you're running an operation, you know, you got to deal with players and, and all of this other stuff at the same time, which is I'm sure. Uh, I think it's nice is I don't deal with a lot of the, the hockey operation side yeah. of things. That's where our, our head coach and general manager and uh, president of hockey operations comes in. So he takes care of a lot of that aspect. I take care of more or less the, the sponsors, uh, the fans, the, um, the community relations kind of stuff, the, the everything that keeps the lights on kind of thing. Yep. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Uh, anything else that I didn't ask you or uh, you wanted to uh, talk about the team, the league or anything like that, uh, that we have not spoken uh, right now? So, I mean, junior hockey, it, it's fun. If you have a junior hockey team near you, uh, whether it be tier three, um, tier two, even USHL, whoever it may be, go out and watch those games. They're, they're tons of fun. They're affordable family entertainment. Um, and it's something to do in the winter, especially in those in the smaller towns, the cold stuff that you may not be able to do. So, I mean, uh, come out, have fun and, and enjoy Because A lot of these players is these sometimes some of these players are guys you're going to see possibly down the road playing in the, the NHL. So, I mean, as an example, uh, Nico Sturm, who played for the Colorado Avalanche and won a Stanley Cup, was a former Austin Bruin. Nice. Uh, I, you know, this just reminded me of a question I wanted to ask. What are the states that are involved in the in the uh, North American Hockey League? I mean, I'm sure you got uh, you know Canadian teams and American leagues, correct? So we have no Canadian teams oh, in, okay. in the North American Hockey League, but we do have three teams in Alaska. So you have the Fairbanks oh. Ice Dogs, Kenai River Brown Bears, and the Anchorage Wolverines. Wow. So okay, uh, what other states are are involved in this league? Oh boy, uh, let's get going here. So we got North and South Dakota. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Louisiana. 
Um, all the way down in Louisiana? All the way down Shreveport, Louisiana. Down in the bayou. Oh, my God. That's a nice little drive. Shreveport fans are diehards. They are probably some of the most rowdy behind your team fans you'll ever get if you if you head over to their social media page just in general they're it's the shreveport mud bugs they are a very very like popular team down in louisiana there's not much to do where they're at and they they play at a coliseum like a it's an older arena yeah and they almost they sell it out almost every night of uh <laughs> almost three thousand people a night that's cool though. And man. they're one of the league leaders in attendance year in and year out. Interesting. That's you know what? That's awesome though. Like, I mean, you guys are all the way down down there, but it's still like, you know, they support their league, their team, which is awesome. Yeah, and the thing that's nice too, I mean, we don't play any of the teams in the South or the Eastern Division um right during the regular season. We'll play them, we'll play up one or twice. Um, at our NHL NHL showcase that yep. we have once a year in Blaine. That takes case in September. All 29 teams come together in one central location, Blaine, Minnesota, so everyone can see. So, I mean, it's a crazy four days of hockey. There's thousands of scouts there uh, from the college level, uh, the NHL level, um, hundreds of thousands of fans coming in on a regular basis to that. I mean, you see, you're seeing teams from the South that you don't see on a regular basis, the East that you don't see. So, I mean, it's a, it's a hockey lover's paradise. If you're, if you're looking for something fun to do in September when you're in Minnesota, that's pretty cool. I and like it takes that. place at the, uh, the national sports center, super rink in Blaine. There's eight sheets of ice at that arena. We use uh, the North American hockey league use the four main rinks for the showcase. I like that. That's awesome. Good for you guys. And again, you guys are promoting the, the, the league. You guys are promoting hockey. And that's what it is. It's it's promoting and a lot of the players. Uh, they have family who they are nearby or whoever yep. it may be. They all come to one area or they travel out there for that weekend. So, I mean, it's we don't stay up there since we're so close. It's only like an hour and a half drive for us. So yeah. we drive back and forth. But all the visiting teams who aren't from the state um, stay in one central hub for that week. It's fun. So you get to see players and teams from, uh, as an example, uh, New Jersey, Massachusetts, uh, Alaska, of course, and then Texas all coming into one spot. That's oh, That's just a fun weekend right there. Just watching nothing but hockey. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a long weekend. It's for, uh, for the players, it's four games and four days too. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long weekend and that's how the season starts. It's the first four official games of the regular season. That's cool. I got to make it up there just for that now. I like it. I like it, man. I got to make it up there. I got to. Oh, Corpus Christi. Man, you guys go all yeah, the way down there. All yeah. the way down. That's the, the southernmost team down there, Corpus Christi. Um, actually, a former NHLer or a current NHLer actually plays there uh, or from there. Um, that is uh, Anthony Stolarz. He's actually a goalie for the Anaheim Ducks. So, I mean, you get a couple of players. Uh, of course, John Cooper, the um, head coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning former yeah. um, NAHL head coach. Same with Pat Maroon. Same thing, played for the North American Hockey League with uh, for John Cooper. And, of course, now he's playing for him in Tampa Bay and won a, a Stanley Cup there. So, I mean, you see a lot of NHL players who come out here from these teams who are now in the NHL. Well, and this and this this is, goes back to what we were just talking about is this league, you know, helps develop not just players, but coaches and GMs yep, exactly. play by play. And then, boom, off they go when, you know, to find other opportunities. So like John Cooper is one of the only only coaches to win a championship at almost at every level. Juniors, minor pro, AHL and then the NHL. These <sighs> guys won, won a championship in every single uh, league he's coached in. Pretty cool. I like it. I like it. Um, all right, my friend. Are you ready? Yes. It's what do you got for me? <laughs> all right. So on, I, gotta, I gotta take a drink of water first yeah, before we get crazy. Let's do this. I'm gonna ask you my questions, my famous, not so famous questions. And here's the, the first one I'll I'll I give everybody, okay? When you go to a hockey game as a fan, what is your food and drink of choice? Ooh. I always go with a hot dog. I, that's one of my big big ones. Um, only exception is when I go to a wild game. Is they have uh, they have poutine there, 
and I they, love myself some poutine. Really? They yes. have it there? They sell some poutine there, and it's really good. Okay. I, One I'm of my with favorites. It there. I'm and with it there. Drink, of course. I don't I normally do a water, but if there's a, a nice draft beer, mm-hmm. I'll get a I'll get a nice draft drink. Gotcha. Oh, I love it. Love it. Okay. What animal do you think is the biggest party animal? Oh, geez. Say monkey. Chimpanzee, mm-hmm. to be exact. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Okay. If you could be in any movie, what movie would it be? Any movie. Like genre movie or just a, a, any a, kind a movie. Of movie? A movie. A movie. Hmm. I'd say probably comedy. Some... See, for me, comedy. I would pick Indiana Jones. I would love to be in it. Like, you know, I would have been, I would love to be in an Indiana Jones. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Yeah, I can't really think of one <laughs> specific movie I would want to be in. Sounds good. Fair enough. Okay. Worst song ever. Oh, worst song ever. Oh, okay. Um, you just want one or do you want like a list? I can I give you like 15 <laughs> and they're all from TikTok. So I'm tired of my wife playing them all the time. Oh my God. That's so true. I don't, I'm not, I like, I try to, you know, do uh, some TikTok in there, did one and I was out. I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't do it. I'm out. And the thing is, the funny thing is, TikTok always goes viral with those the worst songs ever. Yes. Like this, the Weezer song Teenage Dirtbag was horrible when it came out and it's still horrible now. <laughs> and it hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. So got... <laughs> 20 years later, it's still horrible. <laughs> it's a true story. All right. If you could be a fictional character, any fictional character, who would it be? Hmm. Fictional character. I would probably have, since I am a, I'm a Lord of the Rings nerd, I'd probably have to go with uh, Legolas. With who? Legolas. Okay. From Lord of the Rings. Have you watched a new series? I have not yet. Oh, I'm on episode five right now. Yes. You should watch. We have long road trips coming up here, so I got eight hour and 10 hour bus rides to, to watch stuff. I've been, the, I've been waiting to watch the shows I've been watching. I've been, I've been yeah, watching right. the boys recently and I'm on oh. season three of the boys. So I'll probably be watching that on the bus ride. That's a good one. Weeks. Yeah. It's a good series. I really like that series. Yeah. And, and the, the Lord of the Rings, like they're like all over an hour long, you know, so you'll have some good content there to watch. Perfect. All right. You're a father. You have a yep. daughter. What Disney princess would make the best spy? Obviously, Mulan. <laughs> right. That, nope. one's a, that one's a given. Right. See, but not a lot of people have said that. They give really? me, yeah, they gave me um, Ariel. Obviously, she can go land in water. Um, yeah, that's, that one makes sense. Rapunzel. But... Um, that girl can, you know, swing a good, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's, again, a that lot of. Let's say Mulan was. That was like an easy one because yeah, she I like it. Snuck into the Chinese army, yeah. the Grand Chinese army, True. as a male, as a guy, and then yeah, I, I figured she would easy espionage right there. I love how you broke it down. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. That was one. a given. Come on, that was an easy one. <laughs> All right, have you ever regifted a gift? I have. <laughs> and we're gonna leave it there, right? Yep, I have. <laughs> It was right. actually more of a white elephant gift, so that 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 counts, yeah. right? Yeah, it does. I mean, it it does. It does. Uh, what is the most boring sport in your opinion? Personally, it's, for me, it's basketball. I've never been a big basketball guy. No, Mm-mm. never. Been, never basket- really got into it. Like basketball never is good. Going to a basketball game is good. Watching it, I can understand. It can get like you know. All right, fine. We're moving the ball side to yeah, side. Yeah, it's one of those sports I just I could never get into. Like I enjoy watching like. Golf, I love curling. I love to watch. Like during Winter Olympics, I'll go out of my way to find curling on TV. So would I. So would I. Love curling. Curling's, curling's that's fun. my favorite. That's my favorite Winter Olympic uh, sport. No joke. The other one I like to watch during uh, the Summer Olympics is Olympic handball. Dude, that's that intense. That one's fun. Those guys are. Those guys and girls are crazy. Yeah, that is an intense sport. Uh, okay, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Seinfeld. Still oh, is. 
Great show. Great show. And last but not least, my friend, what is your spirit animal? I would say an elephant. Okay, I like it. I have a I may or may not have a minor obsession with elephants. So. <laughs> may or may not. We may or may not. We'll leave we'll leave it at that one for, for <laughs> one to, to decide. Can I confirm these uh these allegations? <laughs> I like it. Derek, thank you so much for doing this. This is a lot of fun. Um, where can people find you and the team on social media? So you can follow the Bruins, of course. Uh it's uh Bruins Hockey on or Austin Bruins Hockey on Facebook. And of course, uh, on Twitter, it's the Austin Bruins. Instagram, it's Austin Bruins NHL. And then of course, my uh, my personal Twitter handle is uh, Jared underscore Becker on on Twitter. That's so uh, I'm not the most active, but mm-hmm. I do uh, I do have a Twitter page, and I'll I'll respond or I'll I'll share the occasional occasional sports stuff. I love it. Love it. And then I will make sure to put everything here so that way you guys can follow not only uh, you, but also your team and the league as well. Because obviously, and I just got hip to this and I'm, I'm, I like this a lot, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Pleasure to be, uh, be on the, pro- uh, the podcast here with you. And thanks for, for having me. Anytime, my friend. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoy that episode with Jared. Now, make sure you guys are following the team as well as Jared. Um, it, 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 hockey's a lot of fun, and, and it's one of those sports where, just like baseball, there's a lot of minor leagues and a lot of small uh, businesses that we need to support as well. So uh, make sure you guys are following them and go and hit their uh, their uh, website so that way you guys can buy some gear from them. And then, obviously, guys, I cannot leave you guys without giving you the dad joke of the episode and here it is from where do hockey players get their hockey uniforms new jersey all right all right i see myself out hey guys until then keep on grinding and always support the minor league see ya this podcast is part of the curve brand media network here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.